Welcome to On the Journey with Carissa and Friends, part of my journey of faith ministries. I'm Carissa Hardage, and I'm excited to have you join me each week as I chat with friends about the ups and downs of their journeys of faith. You'll become familiar with voices such as Shelley Chandler, Sarah Here, Rebecca Bean, and more. And you will also hear from stories of women who have experienced victories and struggles, but continue to trust God on their journeys. Hebrews 3.13 tells us to encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today. In other words, we were never meant to do life alone. So join us each week for a little bit of encouragement and for strategies to help each other navigate as we continue on the journey together. Hey guys, it's Carissa here. I'm your host of On the Journey with Carissa and Friends. And today it's just me on my own. This is going to be one of those few times that my friend isn't joining me, that I don't have one of my friends on with me. And the reason why I wanted to take today to just kind of talk with you is because we are 30 episodes in. And we are on the end run of season one. We are wrapping up at the end of October, and we're just going to take a little bit of a break. We may run a few episodes from the season just because there's just so many great ones that if you haven't listened to them, you'll be able to catch up. But after 30 episodes, I really wanted to take today just to share my heart about this experience and um, just encourage you. And don't check out yet because in the next two weeks, we are going to wrap up our season with an incredible series on fear with um, my friend Shelly Chandler, who's been on lots and lots of times before. She's definitely a repeat friend. And I think fear is definitely fitting for October. Uh, It's such a good topic, but we're going to wrap up our season talking next week for the next two weeks with Shelly Chandler. So make sure you come back and listen into those. But today, I just want to remember this this experience because it was it has been a bucket list, if you will, in a way that I didn't even know. Um, I didn't realize how much I was going to love this experience. I'm a talker. I love to talk. I love to listen to stories. I'm a counselor as a profession, and so, of course, I love to hear stories from other people, but this experience has been such a encouraging and insightful and uplifting and educational experience for me. I've learned a lot from these ladies. I've learned a lot from their bravery, and I've learned a lot from their experiences and from their teaching. Uh, I've just learned a lot. And I've learned a lot to prepare with them, alongside them, to share things with you. So I have personally grown from this whole past several months since January, since we started. We've talked about some really significant and dense topics, such as identity and humility and parenting and pornography We've talked about some amazing stories and just talked with some amazing, brave, awesome women who have shared their stories of recovery from domestic violence, from adultery, from cancer. 
We've talked about ministry calling with Gretchen Leach, and we've talked about spiritual practices like Sabbath and Lent. And my sweet friend Haven shared her experiences with singleness and her story of, of her journey with singleness and really encouraged me and encouraged others to just have a different perspective on it, to be able to see God in it in a little different way. I loved her story. And then my sweet friend Stephanie Cole stopped in a couple of times to just talk about uh, her life changes and and the Enneagram, which is my favorite topic. So you got to listen in on kind of a, a conversation that we would have had anyway. This podcast has been such a blessing to me because it's given me an outlet to talk about topics that I really find to be consistently key in the lives of women through stories from the lives of women. And really, that's the most powerful method I know to share is through story. It's such a powerful mechanism for us to explore hard things with grace and with love and with the power of Jesus. Our stories inspire and encourage and really make the love of God and His grace tangible to other people. And I just wanted to take today, after I've spent this past whole season sharing stories of other women, I wanted to, t- to just take some time today to give you, the listeners, you who have been with us from the beginning, or even if you've jumped in in the middle, if you've listened to On the Journey, I want to challenge you with two things. The first thing I want to challenge you to do is, of course to write your story. And I can see my friends out there who have been a part of my journey of faith. If you've had anything to do with my journey of faith, you are rolling your eyes right now or you're, you already answered for me uh, because this is the, the pivotal, crucial, foundational message of this ministry, of the ministry of my journey of faith. It is what we say over and over and over and over in every blog post in most of our Bible studies at every encourage retreat, if you've been to an encourage retreat, you know that what we make you do is write your story because that is life changing. That's how much we believe it to be life changing. So, of course, it's going to be on the Journey podcast. We're going to talk about that, of course. I just want you to think about this. In the Old Testament, I get the privilege of teaching on Thursdays. And right now, one of the studies that I'm teaching is on the Old Testament. So in the Old Testament, God required the Israelites to set aside an entire week celebrating and dedicated to remembering the story of their people. It's Passover. It's Passover. In this remembering, they were reminded from generation to generation that God was always with them. It allowed every people group from father to son to grandson, generation after generation, to see the hand of God on them when they would have otherwise missed it. That's That set-aside period of remembering, of remembering their story. When you sit down and intentionally write out your story with honesty and transparency before the Lord, so many truths can come to light. First and foremost, that God has been with you. Like them, 
when they sat to remember over that week of Passover celebration, they saw God. They saw God in their redemption. They saw God before their captivity, and they saw God show up as they were free, experiencing a life of freedom, guiding them and structuring their lives and and applying His plan to them. And that's what we see when we look back over our story. We see God's hand. We see His grace. We see His forgiveness. We see places, and this is, gosh, every time I look back on my own, I see where I was allowed to go so far before God stopped. And He kept me from going over the edge that I wouldn't come back from. I've seen His hand over and over and over in places of suffering, in places of doubt, in places of rebellion. His hand, whether I, most of the time when I didn't know it, was there. When we look back over our story, we can identify experiences that has led you to believe certain things about yourself. Over time, when we hear things from our surroundings and we experience things, we start to believe certain truths. And most of the time, those are wrong. And when we look back on our story, we can see how we became to develop those beliefs over time about ourselves. And we can really weigh as a redeemed child of God, okay, are these really true? Is that really true about me? Is that what God says about me? And we can look at experiences that led to this, that led up to our beliefs. And we can see which ones are right and which ones are wrong based on what God says about us. We can identify patterns of behavior that have developed over time, and we can get clarity on how those patterns began, and we can watch ourselves grow up from childhood till now, and we can give ourselves permission to be the people we're supposed to be right now. Not who you were at 10, not who you were at 14, not who you were at 18, all of which you were before your brain was fully developed, before you had free range over your decisions, you were still limited on the decisions that you were able to make at that time. You can look at who you're supposed to be now and give yourself permission to love those, that 10-year-old, that 14-year-old, that 16-year-old, that 18-year-old, to forgive that that 14-year-old, to forgive that 18-year-old, to, to love that 14-year-old. You can really identify who you are now. Writing your story can help you confront pain. It can help you identify and ultimately heal from past hurt and past suffering. And this is a place where you may need a little extra help. That's what I opted for. I opted to get a little extra help when I was confronting some of that past stuff. Um, It's necessary and it's precious and it really was critical for me. Without it, I wouldn't be where I am. So you may need to get that. And looking back over your story can help you get clarity on your calling and your spiritual gifts. Because like just like patterns of behavior that are destructive, you can also see patterns of behavior that is the direct impact of God's work on your life. It's, it's calling. It's pointing you to your calling. And you can also see things, areas that come naturally to you, and that's gifting. I have always been an encourager. 
ever since I've looked from, from as early as I can remember, when I look back over my story, I see little moments where I was just drawn to speak encouragement into people. And I didn't know that's what I was doing. I didn't know that's what it was. I have also been a truth teller. One of my spiritual gifts is the gift of prophecy. And, and that just means truth telling. And I've always been a truth teller. It's not always been the easiest role, but it's one that's just kind of happened. It's just come naturally. Well, I didn't know at the time that that was a gift from God that I'm using now in ministry. I've also been a counselor as long as I can remember. I didn't know that's what I was doing when my friends would call me or when they would stay the night and all we'd do is sit and they would tell me about their relationships or tell me about what was going on at home. or And I just listened and I asked them hard questions and I'm sure it was super annoying and some of my friends contest to that. I didn't know that that's what is now in my life called coaching or counseling, depending on the circumstances. When you have a relationship with Christ, and when you sit down and write your story from His perspective of grace and love, which is really what we are claiming we believe as Christ followers, then you can have an entirely different perspective on things in a way that really allows you to live the rest of your story with healing and clarity and purpose. And I believe that every single guest that has shared their story on this podcast will agree and will proclaim that as loudly as they can. And if they didn't believe that, they wouldn't have come on. It is so meaningful. It is so valuable. Our journey of faith is just that. It is a journey, and we have a beginning, and we have a middle, and we have an end. And without all three, our journey just really wouldn't make sense. But the difference for us as children of Christ, as people who have been redeemed by Christ, is that in this crazy, upside-down counterculture of redemption of Jesus, then our story makes sense when we go to the end first, when we tell the end first. We are redeemed, valued, forgiven, and we always have the hope of eternity that we don't yet see. So with that in mind, we can look over our story from beginning and we can live it out here in the middle and we can see how much it has to offer. We can see it in such a different light. So I just want to challenge you friends today Don't be afraid to dig in and don't be afraid to ask for help when you do. That's one reason why my journey of faith was started in the first place, so that we could step into the lives of others and offer them help on how to really uh, ride out and explore their story. And then in my second challenge, so that they can share it. And this is my second challenge to you, friends. I am challenging you. Once you have walked through your story, once you've really dug in and answered questions that you have about yourself and questions about God, and once he's kind of um, revealed some truths to you, which he will, he will, I'm calling for you, I'm asking for you to do what 12 others, including my husband and myself, have already done on this season's podcast, and that's find somebody to share it with. Tell it. Tell your story. Tell your story. God designed us to live in relationship with Him and with each other. 
And we have to have each other's experiences as proof that we can survive and come out of things on the other side, okay? Not only just okay, but really closer to God. We are called by God to encourage each other, to build each other up, and to help each other overcome sin by the blood of the Lamb first and by the word of our testimony. That's what it says in Revelations. This is how we as the church survive this in-between as we live in this not yet, as we wait for our ending to come. That's how we overcome. And the word of our testimony bonds us together, builds us up, and pushes us forward. You, you, may be the exact story that somebody else needs to hear to know that they are not alone. I don't know if anybody has listened back to my friend Amber. She went first, and her story is powerful. And I had so many people reach out to me after she shared to say, I had no idea that I wasn't alone in this. I had no idea that somebody else who looked like Amber, who appeared to be so um, spiritual, could go through something like that. Because that means I can get through something like that too. And she shared it. She shared it. You may be the exact story that somebody else needs to hear. In Luke 1, um, starting at verse 26, it is such a precious story because it is the place where a sweet little girl named Mary, who was probably about 15 at the time, was approached by an angel of the Lord. And she was going to get some life-changing news. Her story was about to change drastically in a way that she was not expecting. And she was being called to be the mother of the Savior of the world. And the angel says, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. And I'm sure that the pressure of this kind of, of calling on her life maybe didn't feel like favor at the time. I imagine she was pretty scared and overwhelmed, especially at that age. I can't even imagine the weight of that call. And the angel of the Lord knew it. Because after he says to her, don't be afraid. You found favor with God. You are going to give birth to a son and call him Jesus. And he will be great. And he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. The angel says, oh, by the way, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant. She was barren, but now she's six months pregnant in her old age because the word of God never fails. And then he left. I don't think that was an accident. Mary needed Elizabeth and God knew it because Elizabeth had already started and been six months into her story. Elizabeth was the one person, the one person who could get it, who would understand. And it says in 
Luke 1, 39, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Elizabeth lived. And when Mary walked in, I imagined this lady was tired. I imagined she was sweaty. I bet her feet were sore. She was probably scared and confused, but also really willing to do whatever God had called her to do. And all these things are going on in her. And right when she walks through the door, Elizabeth's child leaps inside of her. And Elizabeth says, blessed are you above all women, Mary. You are blessed. Don't be ashamed by what everybody else is saying about you being pregnant right now. Don't be afraid about what's coming because you're blessed. And so is this child. And so is this child. And after that, encouragement by the one person who understood what she was going through because she's lived it, Mary was able to praise and worship God in her circumstances. And that is why we share. And that is why we tell others, hey, you're not alone. I've been there. I've been there. God can bless you. God loves you. You are favored. He's going to use you. Even in these hard circumstances, even when you're overwhelmed, you're still blessed by God. You may be the only person that could say that. And if you don't share your story, Nobody will know. Your story is also evidence of the gospel. Living, breathing, tangible evidence of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Telling somebody about the gospel of Jesus uh, via, according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All of those things are necessary. But really, what people need first is the gospel according to you. When they hear about Jesus according to your experiences, your encounters, what he's done in your life, it puts the gospel in present, current, right in front of them, living, breathing flesh. It's not a story they read in a book, which is true and applicable and good and necessary. It's breathing life in front of them. It's how Paul reached so many people. He stood in front of them and he said, I was blind and now I see. I was was killing Christians and Jesus interrupted my life and stopped and changed me and forgave me and gave me his grace. That's why he was so passionate about grace. It's how the Samaritan woman convinced so many people in her town to believe in Jesus. She went to them and she said, this is the story of how Jesus exposed me for who I was. And then turned around and said he could offer me eternal life, living water that never runs dry. Is that the Messiah? I think so. I'm, of course, paraphrasing. And then we read in John 4, it says, many Samaritans believe because of the woman's testimony. I challenge you today. Share your story. Get to know your story. Write it out. Look for God. Look for healing. It's worth it. You're worth it. You deserve to know who you are according to Jesus from the beginning so that you can live who you are according to Jesus in the right now. Because 
of what God is going to do for you in the end. Your story matters. It is important. And as we wrap up listening and encountering and experiencing so many stories of others over this podcast, I just encourage you to be brave, to be bold, to surrender yourself to God so that He can restore you, heal you, reveal Himself to you, and use you. You have value and purpose. Your story has meaning, all of it, if you give it to God. And that's my challenge for you today. I want to say thank you to all the women and my husband, Sweet Matt, who have done this, who have looked at their lives, who have looked at their stories, who have surrendered to God to, to that because of the grace of Jesus and who have boldly share their stories with others through this podcast over these past several months. And we're not done. After we wrap up our series of, fe- of fear with Sweet Shelley Chandler, we're going to take a little break and, and then we're coming back in January with more stories. If you are interested in sharing yours, let me know. I would love to have you on. You can reach me at heartage5 at hotmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at My Journey of Faith or on Facebook at My Journey of Faith. Um, Instagram is My Journey of Faith Ministries. And just send me a direct message. I would love to hear from you. I would love to walk you through this process if you haven't done it before and you're scared or nervous or overwhelmed. Uh, that's what I do. That's what I do as a coach. That's my passion in ministry. Please don't hesitate to let me know. And as always, sweet friends, encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. Thank you for for stepping alongside us on this past season of On the Journey with Carissa and Friends. It's been incredible. Have a great day.